You are listening to Get Real Podcast. It is so good to be back in the fishbowl and not jacked up on Dayquil like I was for the last <laughs> two editions. You were dancing with the bears. Last that time. was not a lot of fun. We we did have some great interviews and some good times, but I am back. I'm 100% now. And today I would like to do what we used to call in the 80s. Remember the Nesty commercials where they told you to take the Nesty plunge? Yes. We are going to take the Nesty plunge today. We're going to take that plunge into the subgenre of metal that has moved me and inspired me the most. As a matter of fact, it's the subgenre that inspired the book that I wrote, Stones That Cry, inspired this podcast and to kind of move forward. And that subgenre is symphonic metal. And something that you and I have discussed a lot is that time that I was in the spiritual desert where God was still with me, but I really wasn't with him where I was detached from the word, I wasn't praying, God would use the subgenre of symphonic metal to minister to me. I would hear him speak through it. I would feel empowered by it. I'd feel inspired by it. It would strengthen me, encourage me, and I knew that he was still with me through that subgenre when I would listen to bands such as Within Temptation, Nightwish, Serenia, Camelot, all of those bands, they there was a message in their music to me that really helped me get through those very, very dark times. So that stirred in me the question, and I've been wanting to do this particular podcast for quite some time because my question has been, how is it and why is it that God always seems to work through the symphonic? Hmm. It's a mystery. Because if you take a look at music history, let's go back and take a look, probably one of the greatest symphonic pieces ever written, and you don't have to be a believer at all to agree with this, is Handel's Messiah. Yeah. It's a great piece of music. And there's also other pieces of symphonic music that really glorify the Lord. You have Hector Berlioz, you have L'Enfants to Christ, which was about Joseph and Mary and Jesus going to Egypt to avoid Herod. That's what that whole piece is about. And then even you have Mozart's Piano Concerto 21 in C major. Boy, I'm just jamming out the music history today, aren't I? (laughs) Just jamming it out. And as I was taking a look at this, I had to do some study because I just don't know why God moves in, in the symphonic. And I'm thinking I'm starting to understand why. But even the Swiss Reformed theologian, Karl Barth, what he would do is he would listen to Mozart every day and it would get him in touch. It would open up his mind to the divine. So in pursuing this question and getting ready for this podcast, there were some things that God showed to me that are just really kind of cool about the symphonic. First of all, symphony comes from the Greek word symphonia, which means in accord, means in agreement, it means in unison. Those are all things that the word symphonia means, and that word is actually used several times in the New Testament. But then if you take a look at the antonym of symphonia, you have discordance, disunity, incoherence, and violence. So when you look at symphonia, you have really the very nature of God in unison. An epiphany that I had, revelation, is that the Trinity itself is symphony because you have three distinct interdependent but dependent persons that work together. Hmm. You have the Father, you have the Son, and then you have the Holy Ghost. So God himself is symphony. There's all these different things going on at one time. That's heavy, man. The Dayquil is doing you justice. <laughs> the Dayquil did me some justice on this one. And then I went back to my seminary days because one of the things that we talked about in seminary a lot was the harmony of the Gospels. Hmm. Because if you take the Gospels and read, you can read them independently, but then when you put them together, 
you get the full story. You have to read all, you know, each of the gospels. And when you take a look at through scripture itself, you've got all of these different voices, all of these different melodies, what is called in symphony and, and music composition counterpoint, where you have one melody and then you have all these different melodies built under and they all rely upon each other. They, they're intertwined, but they each have a different sound. They do have a different rhythm or a different cadence to them. So you take a look at the voices of the prophets, the apostles, the gospels, everything in the Bible. You've got all these different voices and they're all moving in a movement. In symphony, they talk about movements, all moving together differently, but in the same direction. And all of these different voices in scripture, the symphony of scripture points to the glorious work of Christ on the cross. That's really cool. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So what we're going to do today is we're going to dive in a little bit deeper, and we're going to talk to my friends Joey Pike and Alicia Boyd from the Symphonic Christian Metal Band Amorous. There are not very many Symphonic Christian Metal Bands. There are not. And we have them on the line with us today to talk to us a little bit about what they do. We're going to talk about uh, symphony. So, Joey, we interviewed you a couple months ago back in October. Yes. Yes. And we were getting ready to go see our favorite symphonic metal band, Delane. And we were both pretty pumped before the show. I got to talk to you before the show. So what was your take on that show? How did you how did you feel when you came out of there? Oh, my goodness. It was absolutely wonderful. It's like one of my favorite bands and I've been following them for a number of years. And to be that close and so intimate in such a small setting and and seeing you know, not only hearing the music, but also being so close to the stage and seeing the the facial expressions and and the motions of the, the guitar picking and the intricacies of the drummer and looking at his style, which, which is really difficult to you know to kind of see when you're really you know far back. But I was like inundated with music and it was phenomenal. And I thank you so much, Glenn, for coming down and you know and sharing that with me. It was uh, it was it was phenomenal. It was a blessing to take you for your birthday to go see that show. How that all worked out, and we traveled down with that tropical storm that came through in Florida oh, yeah. the night before tropical storm Nestor. That was a, that was a wild ride. That was a lot That's of a fun. It's a good venue. Yeah. It's a good type venue to be able to. It to is. See and I still, I was talking to some friends last night. I was talking to them about the hens in the street and the roosters in the street in Ybor city. Right. <laughs> yeah, you have that before we really take that nesty plunge, Joey, can you share yeah. with our listeners? I was not there when you first met my wife, when she was showing you a house oh. And right. you, she wowed you with her symphonic metal knowledge <laughs> and what you yeah. did and how that came up. Can you share that? It's really funny. Oh, it was it was absolutely hilarious. So she was showing me around some houses that I was considering purchasing. And uh, we pulled up to the, the house that I actually ended up purchasing. And I, I parked the truck and I had symphonic metal just blaring. I don't remember if I was actually playing a Delane song. It may have been one of my originals or one of the two. And then uh, then your wife parks, and she kind of walks up, and she's like, what are you listening to? Or she said something like that, and I'm like, oh, you probably won't know. It's symphonic metal. Not a little bit. She goes, yeah, I know symphonic metal. I'm like, no, you got to be kidding me. She's, and she's naming off, like, Delane and Epica, and she's like, she's, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And she's like, oh, yeah, my, my husband and I, we're into this, and we're into those t- types of bands. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was uh, one of those like, divine providence kind of a moment that uh, I was able to actually meet you two and to kind of share this genre of music and also you know our Christian faith together and 
it was meant to be. Um, it, <laughs> and like I said, it was, it was funny because most people in the United States, the majority of people, don't know about that genre. And I just assumed that she didn't know anything about it, uh, being a realtor. <laughs> I don't want to stereotype realtors as like not not into you know that type of music. And it helped her close the deal with you. And I thank you for purchasing that house. And Mac the Metal Dog appreciates that as well because that resulted in more Scooby snacks. So (laughs) it's all good. Alicia, thank you so much for being on with us today too. I mean, Joey is in Florida. Alicia is in California. I mean, we are just like coast to coast. Welcome to get real coast to coast. I think that's the first time. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I could say it was sunny here, but it's overcast in California. Oh, it's not sunny California. I have the cold that you just lost. (laughs) And I don't think I gave it to you on the phone the other night. I don't think it works that way. Yeah. This is the first time that we've gone coast to coast at the same time. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, that's oh, really cool. Man, we're, Dan, we're expanding our horizons. Yes, this is really going big cool. time now. Oh, man. Here we are. Alicia, <laughs> can you share with us a little bit about your background in music and singing? Yeah, um, I've kind of done it all. Um, I started out, you know, singing in choirs. My mom heard me in, in the bedroom singing, and so she said, I'm going to, you know, put this kid in a choir. So I, I did a lot of church stuff, a lot of choirs. And I came from uh, my my stepdad was a had been a Catholic priest before he married my mom, and then I was raised in the Lutheran Church. So lots of hymns we sang, lots of hymns with harmony parts. You know, then I I uh, in college I got into jazz. My parents really kind of saw that gift in me, and my dad was like, "You need to go to this jazz class or go audition," and. Um, you know, so I did, and I got in and just learned all about vocal jazz and learned about improvisation and all of that. And then the voice teacher that I was taking from, I, so I did the vocal music program, and part of that was, you know, the classical side. So we did chamber music and all of the great pieces of music that are out there, Requiem and, you know, just beautiful stuff. And during that time, I had to have a private voice teacher as part because I was, you know, a a voice major. And so I ended up um, going with a woman who I love her. Her name is Sarah uh, Franklin. And she had her master's in piano from Juilliard and her master's in voice from Juilliard. And so I got to train with her. And she's also this beautiful spirit-filled woman who just loved me. And so we would just have these beautiful times together, and I learned everything that I've got from her and um, my other teacher, Jim Heiner. So anyways, loved them. So from there, I ended up you know, growing into uh, auditioning for opera and different things like that. I never did a principal role, but I ended up doing a lot of chorus work, singing with National Geographic at uh, Davies Symphony Hall in San Francisco for their world tour album. Uh, Then, let's see, Sarah Brightman. I got to sing with Sarah Brightman. She did a gospel type of um, album, and I got to sing with her, Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, well, well, Sarah Brightman, I mean, I grew up listening to that soundtrack. I wore it out, the Phantom of the Opera soundtrack. I was so into that. It was like a dream, right? Because... I'm a soprano, and I was singing those songs, or trying to sing those songs. That was my dream, and then to be on stage with her, 
Um, wow. And wow. she was incredibly nice. She was beautiful. Yeah. I've got so many Sarah Brightman albums on the rack over here. My family. <laughs> And my uncle in Canada, Uncle Dollar Sign, Uncle Rich, who really tuned my ear into good music. He he's a big Sarah Brightman fan as well. Yeah, she was just beautiful. She really took the time to say hi to everyone and um, let us all feel embraced, making sure we're all okay. You know, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Now and you, then amorous. Hello. <laughs> I mean, that's, and here yeah. you are. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I love amorous. How did you make Aww. that transition to from classical to opera to symphonic metal? Well, you know, I mean, I had been doing little side things where I would sing um, Pat Benatar, hit me with your best shot or um, I don't know, something from heart. Um, I, I kind of like it all. My brother is seven years older than me, and he was a rocker, and I was pretty much a rocker in high school, and I've always worn all black. It's, I just can't get out of it, you know? I mean, I was kind of a little bit goth, a little bit rocker, um, but I, I really like the hard rock. I come from the 80s, so, I mean, you know, yeah, I love hard rock. Did you and, have a jeans um, jacket? Ah, yeah. I knew it! <laughs> oh, I had all of it, all of it. I you know? had a few of those massive hair i had it oh <laughs> do you have any pictures of that that would be that would be fun oh my oh yes I'm, i do <laughs> i don't know if you'll get to see those or not <laughs> <laughs> and i bet you i'll be more than happy to share my mullet pictures you got you, you had a mullet <laughs> oh, oh yeah it was i mean i look back there was like that was the thing and everybody had one and I, i'm looking at these pictures like Oh my God! What was I thinking? Uh, Joey, I didn't have one, so no, everybody didn't have oh, one. I, <laughs> no, the scary part. I, the <laughs> I didn't the know there was another haircut. I no, had I, a mullet. Everybody else seen your picture. Wait, did you just hear that? that I said you had, that a I had a mullet. Oh man! I had a mullet. You did? Like it was even going into the the girls' realm. <laughs> oh my Girls goodness! Had a, Oh, kind of mullet-ish, yeah. you know. Oh, we definitely need to see that. Yes, that is very <laughs> worthy. Joe Dirt, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yes. They're coming back, actually. Yeah, they certain, are. Well, we're in Somerville. Really? <laughs> That's what's happening. <laughs> I don't know if it ever left. <laughs> That'd be totally cool. So, Alicia, you did jazz, and one of the things we were talking about the other night in prepping for this, and this is a question that Dan and I have had, and I kind of want to touch upon it a little bit, there's some people that say that, well, there's really no order to jazz. There's no logos behind it. It's just kind of there. It's just random. Mm -hmm. Can you share with everybody what you were sharing with me the other night about the order of jazz just a little bit? Yeah. Um, yeah. Jazz is actually really complex. But the truth of it is, is that it's, it's just that um, basically when you hear that way out there stuff, what has happened is they have so there's a structure there's a structure to jazz there's a structure to music and so what happens is they go outside of the structure but they're still staying within the safe region where it's not going to sound weird you're not out of the key you're not out of um you know there's nothing that's so far out there that it's not going to sound good and so you really have to understand a little bit about music theory or it's kind of innate where um, you're just kind of holding that structure inside of you so I remember when I was first learning this that um, Jim Heiner would always say to me or in the class that 
you know, you need to really understand the base of the song first. You need to know that melody inside out before you can improv on that structure. And then you begin to explore, well, what would it sound like if I went a fifth above or a fifth below or a third above or, you know, and then what would it sound like if I threw in a seventh note, you know, like a, and, um, you know, and so we just get to explore those things, but you really have to understand what your boundaries are. So it's, it's kind of, um, what I call, uh, organized chaos mm. you know right. there is always an order to it definitely you know you're absolutely right I, that reminds me because my music background i played trombone and i played both in jazz i played jazz trombone hey, glenn i'm going to interrupt you for a minute but uh, i think as part of uh, us being twins i think we share that we both played trombone <laughs> oh, i played it in middle school that's so crazy we were separated at birth i know it i, I knew it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I played I, I played jazz trombone and I also got to play in a symphony orchestra. And I'm going to go back and talk about that in a little bit because that really changed my style of playing. But when the the conductor would hand me a piece of music and I was first chair in uh, for jazz, for jazz trombone, it would say solo and it would just be this big empty space mm-hmm. on the sheet of music. So right what I had to do is understand what was going on and then just improvise based off of that. So yeah, that, that does make sense. That's the order in it. I never thought of that's that. That's like great training though. Wow. That's like amazing ear training that you got right there. Yeah. Right. I kind of yeah. wasted it and I think it's time to pick it back up. You know, there was no such thing as symphonic metal at the time that I knew right. of. And if there was symphonic metal at the time, I would still be playing the trombone and I'd probably be traveling with, Within Temptation or something like that, doing their backup for trombone, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I love jazz. Hey, if we if we ever get to the point where we get like really big and we have an orchestra back us up, you're in. All right. <laughs> hey. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna quit my full time job now in the hopes and expectations. <laughs> jazz is really relaxing to me, yeah. and and even complex jazz. Now I don't I don't really dig smooth jazz that much, but like just really good jazz with a lot of rhythmic complexity and a lot of things going on it's it's like it scratches some part inside my brain that i can't get to you know it just kind of calms me down i don't maybe it's add i don't know (laughs) my dad was really into jazz that was his favorite type of music was jazz Hmm. if you go through his record collection there's a lot of jazz records in there that that he had yeah that's where i got my love for jazz also was my dad he was listening to the way out there stuff and then um, he would listen to uh, Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's like the ultimate for me. Um, but then, you know, later there were people, you know, I don't know, like uh, Barbara Streisand kind of is a little jazzy, but was it Linda Ronstadt got really into jazz for a while. Even if you look at Pink Floyd's music, they kind of veer more towards the jazz side from what I've picked up from right. listening to right. them. Yeah, some of the songs, yeah, definitely. Um, Alicia, isn't there a, a place called Yoshi's in downtown San Francisco that does a yes. lot? Of- yeah, I, I think it's I, Oakland in Oakland, but yeah, Oakland. they do have some really great um, acts there. Right, um, some famous singers and uh, musicians that come. Yeah, and, and it's primarily yeah. a jazz place, and I think I've been yeah. there a couple times. Um, one of my best friends, uh, Dana, <laughs> a little shout out to you out in San Francisco. He's a music teacher, and his thing is uh, uh, the drums, and he used to be in 
multiple jazz bands. And I, <laughs> I remember uh, when I first met him, he was in a band called, and check this name out, Snape Jacob's Church of the Bearded Skeptics. <laughs> I like him already. I, I'm like, I don't know why did they... I, I was trying to, trying to understand what the kind of music is. I mean, it has an underlining kind of a jazz theme to it. But he said, well, kind of imagine Pink Floyd jazz uh, uh, on crack. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> but it was very, it was very uh, obscure. They tried to you know, push the boundaries of that type of genre or the type of music they were putting together. But, you know, I, I do agree with you both that uh, jazz tends to be very complex because of the... Uh, liberty that each player gets in the underlying structure of the song. Right. But then yeah. they all have to come back together yeah. with that structure. You know, they have to stay together somehow. You right. can't go too far out. And you have to be able to, at any moment, reel it back in to that structure. Kind of sounds like right. the way the world of the spirit works in a lot of ways. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. really does. There is logos yeah. in, in jazz. Dan, we've been pondering yeah. that for about a year now. Yeah. We've, you yeah. know, that's, that's a question we had. Joey, so you started yeah. with trombone and then you picked up drums. How did, I mean, the drums just seem to fit you so well, your personality <laughs> and I mean, animal from the Muppet show. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, love I, it. I really do think that any drummer when they started out as a kid, or even if they didn't start out as a kid, they always looked at uh, him as like an inspiration. <laughs> um, so I, before I get into the drum part, I'm actually going to bring it back to the trombone. Okay. Um, now, <laughs> I didn't want to do trombone. I didn't either. Because, because all the drum positions were already filled. Oh, and Mr. Profetto, yeah, I think he's still doing the organ in uh, in upstate New York. He's like, well, we have some trombone positions open. I'm like, all right, <laughs> and I, I didn't I didn't enjoy it. I, I remember doing the you know the wah wah and the Elvira Elvira, <laughs> and, and the wah wah part that'll that'll forever haunt me. But um, so I so I wasn't able to actually do the drums at that time and. Uh, I actually didn't continue music in high school. I was big into sports, and um, I tried carrying a trombone in one hand and my sports bag in another in a bus going into the high school. Never works. Uh, music, oh, it was, it was awful. And the teacher had me. I remember the music teacher. He had me on the schedule for like a year and a half, and I kept telling him, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. I didn't show up to one practice, and he just, I guess he really needed a trombone section in the high school, but I, I didn't do that. So, um, so fast forward... Uh, it was probably around two, early 2000s. Um, I had a little, little extra money to, to spend and kind of like dive back into my music love. Now, prior to that, I was actually playing guitar and singing in church choir. So I already did that in the mid-90s. But I always wanted to get a drum set. Uh, so I just happened to get a drum set in 2004. I started playing and then... Within probably about a year, year and a half, I picked it up very easy. I, I actually started a, a classic rock band, uh, a band called The Remedy. Um, and the lead singer is Rebecca Connolly. She's back in, uh, uh, she actually just put out an album. She's back in uh, uh, Scotland, her hometown, but she was in uh, Southern California for a while. Um, but I think it was something that 
maybe my family always had kind of rhythm to them because my uncle used to be a drummer. Uh, my cousin Jimmy, who's probably about, eh, I think he's about 10 years older than me, He's he's been in a, a band his entire life, and I always looked up to him, so he was also another inspiration um, to actually get on the drum sets because it was just absolutely wonderful watching him play. And even now when I go back to visit in upstate New York, I, uh, I go. Ch I try to check him out if uh, he's playing live somewhere around there. So, I've always wanted to do the drums, like I said, and and I just took the took the chance in the early uh, 2000s to do that. So that's my drumming history. When we first went out for those steaks at Longhorn Steakhouse, you shared with me something where I had to fight back the spirit of covetousness really, really hard. You told me and shared with me that you had the opportunity to spend some time drumming with Casey Gorilla, the former drummer yeah. from Camelot. Can you share yeah. about that? Oh, that was, uh, I, yeah, that is one of the pinnacle moments in my music career. So um, my band, um, well, before Alicia, we were playing around the San Francisco, uh, San Jose area, and we had many gigs in San Jose, probably more in San Jose than we did in San Francisco. And there was this guy uh, who had a business that happened to show up at one of our gigs down there, and he really loved us, and he, he ended up showing up like at every gig that we went or had. And um, he befriended us, and then all of a sudden he comes up to me and goes, by the way, do you want to, you want, you want a drum lesson by uh, Camelot? I'm like, <laughs> I thought he was joking at the time. He goes, he goes, no, I'm serious. I'm like, what do you mean? So he's like best friends, good friends with the guitarist, and at that time uh, they were... I think they were having shows up in the Chicago area. He calls them up, and he convinces them to fly to San Jose to have a one-time squeeze-in gig, primarily not only to actually, you know, to go to the to the concert, but also to pull Casey out to give me a personal drum lesson. I'm like, wow. I, <laughs> I couldn't believe that all came together within a couple months. And so um, he picks up Casey... I think it's probably around noontime, uh, probably coming off the plane. I'm never maybe the hotel he was staying at. Um, they they go to his studio, and uh, Casey kind of sends me through some of the basic rudiments of of drumming, and and I was just like in awe. I I actually, you know, I mean, he had got me out on the drum set, and he was kind of showing me some different techniques, and I'm like. Uh, can I just watch you play? <laughs> I didn't want to get on the drum set because you know, awesome. I, like, I just wanted. I'm like, oh my god, I'm like behind the drum set with Casey Grillo. <laughs> I mean, their songs rhythmically, the the power metal ones are just intense. The the percussion behind it and the work that goes behind that. So Amorous, well, that's an interesting name, and you sent me a list of names yeah. that you were thinking of, and we'll go right. through a few of those, but. <laughs> Amorous, what does that mean? And how, I mean, it's beautiful. It fits a symphonic metal band perfectly. So, yeah. Uh, I looked it up. I think it means beloved of God or something right. like that. But I don't think they knew that when they. Right. It has something no, to do with I, love. You're right yeah. about that. And I wasn't yeah. thinking about that. And, you know, uh, uh, Alicia's bringing up a good point. I mean, if you look at the basic of that word, amor, it means uh -huh. love, right? Amor. Yeah. And so I really like that. Part, that description of that name, but just the way it sounds, it sounds awesome. And uh, yeah, I send you, Glenn, <laughs> uh, and I think Alicia too. I think I send a list of uh, the the names that we were kind of like brainstorming. And oh, I was I was having a good time with that, like thorium, you know, the, yeah. the radioactive <laughs> heavy metal. And and you picture I, Thor with a hammer, right? You know? I'm gonna be honest with you. I spent months 
brainstorming and changing words and looking up uh, like Greeks, uh, Greek uh, translations and Latin translations and and I, and I wrote down anything that actually sounded kind of cool. I know yeah. that. <laughs> I'm looking through this list, and I'm like, "Oh, that would still be kind of cool." <laughs> I mean, good. you had on there Millicent and all sorts, and I was starting to have fun with it. I was like, "Okay." Yeah. I was coming up with a few as like Maylox or <laughs> yeah, you find out like a, your favorite, your, your favorite's like a hemorrhoid cream and you have to change. You're like, Oh, I had the perfect name, yeah. but uh, they got to it. It's not really what the name is. It's how you say it. Zyrtec. <laughs> no, okay. So the one that I was really pushing, it wasn't actually Amherst, but the one I was really pushing for was symphonic distortion. Um, oh, that's good. But, my first guitarist, Derek, he goes, I think there's I think there's a band that's already named that and I kinda look it up and I'm like, Yep. Actually there were several bands like that. Well, that's not unique enough. So so that didn't get uh, I think it was part of the voting, but it didn't get the the highest vote. So Amherst won the votes and I was really happy with that because it just It's good. It's yeah, really it's good. good. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. It's memorable. I mean it's got a be- it's got the right. beautiful flow that symphonic metal has to it. Yeah. Yes, yes, you're right. Yes. So for both of you, you, God uses you, God uses your genre to speak without question. How do you feel that this is such a natural flow for God to use this particular genre, especially through you? Well, I just feel like it, it comes out of um, who we are. And, you know, Joey just loves God, and so do I. And so kind of you know, who you are melts into that. And, um, you know, I just, I thought, you know, if I'm going to use this voice, um, anything that I do, I feel like, I feel like you could be picking up trash and glorify God, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you just do it to the glory of God, right? But when we started um, first uh, writing songs, I said, you know, let's just pour into this and ask God to give us the words. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of that came out of my personal time with God. But it's just really like the world. It's dark and it's light at the yeah. same time, you know? Yeah. And I love that part of it, yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I, I totally agree with her. And I, I think one thing, one of the wonderful things about, um, you know, being with Alicia is that we both really shared our Christian faith and that, that, we decided, you know, early on that wherever we were going to go with the with the new music, that it would be positive, you know, uh, it, and it, Christian-like, yes. And then people can actually kind of look at some of the uh, some of the words and some of the even we we may not use the word Christ in uh, the songs. I mean, we could, but it's always going to have some kind of a positive message, and nothing, you know, really negative. And like she said, the, the world is so full of negativity there's also a lot of positivity and the positivity is is where god comes and shows us this and i and i see that and hear that in this music there's the the metal the distorted down tuned guitars which is kind of reality of who we are as humans right but we have this beautiful angelic female vocals coming in and also the the symphonic backing that says that yes you're in this world but you're not of this world and here i am so it's like it's like it's showing us our humanity, but not only just our humanity, but also that that God works through it. That is yeah, yeah. beautiful and powerful at the same time. That's the best way I've 
ever heard it described. Yeah. The combination yeah. of everything there. And that really kind of sets in like, why does God use this particular genre? And Joey, you just said it because you know, you've got the down-tuned guitars, that's our humanity, that's our sin, that's yeah. the muck and yeah. the mire that we go through. Right, yeah. And that's what the world is, is we're living in this muck and mire, but right. God yeah. is moving through the muck and mire. Right. It's, it's, all about, it's all about His grace. And one yeah. of the things that both Alicia, we've, we talked about this the other night, and Joey, we've talked about this, that even in bands that are not, they, d- they don't fit the Christian genre of symphonic metal, right. but bands like Nightwish, Within Temptation, You'll listen mm-hmm. to them and be like, uh, are they believers or what's what's going yeah. on? And Alicia, yeah. you talked about that a little bit the other night about the gifts and how the gifts are without repentance. Can you share that with our exactly. listeners, please? It's so beautiful what yeah, you said. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the word is really clear that the gifts are without repentance. And so when we were created in our mother's womb and, you know, God thought of us before the foundation of the earth, he said, I know your name and I know what I have created you to do those you know they were meant to do whatever they're doing and so that that voice or that ability to write songs that ability to um put all of this symphonic stuff together um that was given by god anything good is given by god and so um they're just sharing what they were created to do and in that comes you know out of that comes god and um you know, I, I figure if God could use a donkey <laughs> um, or a pillar of fire um, or a burning bush, yeah. bush, he could he could use anyone. And you know, they're just basically sharing what God has given them without even knowing it. And you know, we were we were all created in His image, and so you know, we're we're just kind of sharing that part of us you know we all it's it's like this we have the world is this epic story this epic love story and everybody has that god hole inside of them that is this romantic love story yes yeah and we all just have that passion to share it that's why we like romance and drama and all of that yeah, that's a really good point. That is, yeah. especially with symphonic metal, because a lot of it is very, very romantic, the way that it's written and the way that it's presented. Ghost Love Score from Nightwish, very romantic. Oh, my God. Romantic song. Yeah. Beautiful. You know? yeah, every, time, every time Dan and I see that live, it just sends chill bumps up our spine. It's like, oh, every time. Yeah. And it's just, it's just nailed perfectly. <laughs> it, I watched this YouTube last night of an opera singer watching Floor sing that song mm-hmm. and she kept getting surprised going well it's classical but it's not and right. then the thing the awesome thing about that song and about this genre for a female singer is that it's so challenging because they're moving back and forth between mm-hmm. you know hard rock and roll right. and maybe some kind of really gutsy you know, deep sound to something really light and lyrical and then going back into, I'm going to belt this. And it's, it's yeah. like every range of what a yeah. voice could do, you know, it's, it's really challenging. It's interesting you say that because you take a look at just Nightwish's album, Dark Passion Play. 
it starts out with the poet and the pendulum. I mean, we're talking crunchy yeah. amps. I mean, they're just letting it rip. Crunchy, and, I love that. Uh, word. It's just, it's just, it's crunchified is the way that I would describe <laughs> it to the max. I love that. Okay, word, yeah. so that's the first track, and you're like, yeah, this is metal. You're like, woo, you know, you got yeah. your your horns up in the air with your fingers. You're right. like, yeah, I'm rocking. And then you get to the last track, Meadows of Heaven. And it's light and airy, and they're singing about the glories of heaven with a gospel choir in the background. You're like, wait a minute, you tricked me! You tricked me! I thought this was metal. <laughs> you're like, you're like crying, yeah, you know, like, you know and, hugging strangers. Yeah, and, and the poetry behind that song, "Meadows of Heaven," is so beautiful. And I sent that to Sarah Beth, a friend of the podcast from several years ago, and. I was like, you got to listen to this. This is symphonic metal. And she's like, oh, okay. And she's like, what? Yeah. yeah. And you guys do that as well with your music. And the song that yeah. I'm thinking of is Destiny Unfolding because you listen to it. It's like, hey, you want to listen to some metal dudes? And you put that on. They're like, that ain't. And then that ain't metal. And then it gets into it. And it just really just grabs you. And then it gets crunchified in the middle. You got everything going on. You got the soaring vocals and it's crunchy and soaring vocals and back and forth. Destiny unfolding. Can you tell Lauren, us? I got I to gotta, I gotta add, uh, when you say the word crunchy, um, and Alicia knows this, but <laughs> she's laughing. She knows exactly what I'm going to say. It, when I when I start writing music, right in the beginning stages, I'm I'm just playing around. Sometimes I'm playing around with the keyboard. Sometimes I'm using GarageBand. I'm just getting some ideas down. I have no idea what the words are going to be. Okay, I, okay. I'm not a lyricist. Alicia, she is beautiful. She absolutely knows what to do with the song, with with words and meaning and stuff like that. I just totally come up with some kind of a a name out of the middle of nowhere, just what I'm feeling at that particular time. And there was Alicia. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it was it Destiny Unfolding that I called Crunchy initially? I think so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and straight ahead was check it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm looking back at my old old files, and so as we were going through the song, you know, the first couple um, versions of the song, I had I have it listed as uh, as check it slash Destiny Unfolding, and then and then when Alicia, Court, you know, she's coming up with the words, and, and we're actually kind of putting it together, and we're getting different versions. Eventually, we dropped off the the crunchy part and just called it Destiny Unfolding. <laughs> <laughs> you see, oh I really God. pay attention to your music. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I, I could I could sense the crunchy in it. As I was eating my bowl of Captain Crunch, I was I was just crunching away. <laughs> Can you tell us about that song, Destiny Unfolding? What is it that you are sharing with the listener that you want them to get because it's a very positive song, it's a, and it's a very encouraging song. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's really a love story and it's about our personal journey um, with the Lord, you know, um, just loves a journey with its promises to hold. You embrace deep, you know, the deep things of of life, um, and it will bring you home. So, you know, just just that line alone is kind of showing you um, awaken to the truth lying deep in the stone which is, you know, Jesus in the tomb. And he's, you know, basically in the tomb, but he's he went there for a reason, you know. So yeah. it's it's yeah. it's basically and then love's a mystery, precious days will unfold written language that only hearts can know. 
it surrounds as it drowns every doubt. So, like you said before, that God is a mystery. This is all a mystery. I mean, we're just we're just have like the the tip of the iceberg, maybe not even that, of trying to figure out who He is. And um, precious days will unfold. It just it's it's this love relationship that's take that takes time to you know learn about him and um, it, it surrounds and drowns every doubt
another thing that is a characteristic of symphony and a symphony orchestra is something called resonance. And Dan, yeah. this is a term that we've used. It's like when we talk to guests, like we're talking to today, it's like, whoa, that really resonates with me. Yeah. And this is one of the things that caught me the first time I played in a symphony orchestra is I could feel the strings just vibrating through my feet. Mm. And it was an experience that I'll never forget. I'm like, oh, this is really, really cool. Don't want to do it as a profession, but this is really, really cool. Well, with a symphony orchestra, if you have a violin and all the strings next to each other, when one violin starts to play very minutely, the other instruments will start to resonate what what that instrument is playing without anybody playing it. And that's how it works between us and believers. Mm. When somebody yes. that spirit is moving, okay, we all so start good. to wow. we all start yeah, to resonate. Great. Yeah, and Ooh, you we, got some revelation on that one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's good amazing. I'm telling you what, it's amazing what Thanks happens. Get, help yourself to another shot of that day cool. That's <laughs> 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 really you're you're interfacing. So God yeah. works the way He works. The way His Spirit moves is yeah. symphony. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. man. No, that's, that's good. That's, that's really beautiful. Good. It's beautiful. I know the concept of uh, the resonance frequency, but actually the way that you kind of described it and how the resonance frequency frequency is is uh, sounded off of other people and other instruments is mind-blowing. That, that was great. I'm, man, I'm going to keep that one. I'm going to keep that one in the back now, of my mind. Yeah. I don't know much about this, but I've heard that everything in the universe has a frequency yeah. yes and that we're all tuned to to the same thing like everything and everyone yes and i'm glad you pretty interesting yeah i'm glad you brought that up alicia yeah. because a lot of people are like oh that's new age well there's truth in new age the thing is is what they do is they reject christ in new age they reject yeah. right. they, they completely yes. Now, the things you can't throw the baby out with the bathwash. This is something exactly. that you and I, Dan, were talking about yesterday. Is mm-hmm. You have to glean through everything. And where's the, where's the truth in here? Because God is so vast, and this universe I that he that. made is so vast that we need to glean that truth to really understand. And my, it was my sister, and she has really been somebody who's spiritually encouraged me. She was born again after I was born again. And she grew faster than I did while I was in the desert. She went through some things and she was going through some <laughs> medical things. And she learned about the resonance of the frequencies of the bodies in, in healing. And I was like, ooh, that kind of sounds new agey. But when you look at scripture, wow. it's all it's all in the scripture, especially when it talks about the stones crying out. Yeah. That's one of the applications yeah. of that is that stones, this whole earth, it does vibrate. It's a vibration. And even in the book of Genesis, uh, when the spirit started brooding over the waters, there was vibration and rhythm that was going on there right. when that brooding was going yeah. on. Right. Everything yeah. I have noticed about symphonic metal has meaning. There's nothing just random. It's not like you guys just put together an album cover. It's like, hey, yeah, this triangle right. and this circle looks really cool, or this is a nice picture. It all relates to the message that you're trying to portray and the artwork that you guys have with your music and your albums is beautiful it's almost lavish who does your artwork and how does that factor into the songs do you develop that artwork after the songs or is it during the process or how does that all work so far it's happened after coming out of that but who knows maybe in the future it'll happen you know that will be inspired by something 
Um, so when you, when a person puts music up online to actually you know for purchase or for viewing uh, on the various platforms, what the, the the publishing companies require is actually some s sort of a cover art. You can't just give them the song without some kind of a visual. So the the first song I believe we uploaded was Destiny Unfolding. I think we put both of them up near the same time, but I think Destiny Unfolding was first. I actually did the artwork, and I focused I on... I love it. Yeah, I focused on the, the sun, and then I took our, uh, our logo image and put it in the middle. And then I had another person in San Francisco do the artwork for the other one with the, with the lady going across the water. It kind of looks oh, like... You have to say who he is, though. Come on. I mean, <laughs> I mean, really cool divine appointments. Hello. I know. Who I was it? You got me interested now. I'm peaked. Yeah. His name is John Serrato Jr. And he, I think he still lives in San Francisco. And I'm, I'm actually, I really don't know because that was a couple years ago. Okay. Um, he, he's been doing it for like 15 years. And some of his clients included Motorhead, Anthrax, Slayer, uh, 311, uh, Megadeth, Grateful Dead, and probably a few others. Yeah, he did an absolute wonderful job. Alicia, can you kind of speak to that picture? Well, he was asking us what we wanted, and initially he came out with something a little bit darker, and we said, you know, we wanted to lighten it up and kind of gave, um, you know, the, the red is like the blood, and it's almost like she's walking. I can't tell if it's, you know, a desert. Yeah. And we said something about the path, right? And so... We wanted to make sure that she was just, you know, that it, there was some beauty in that and um, some life to it. But I love how he has her walking towards something, but you don't know what it is. And, right. and sometimes that's just like life. I mean, that's the journey is that we're walking sometimes and it's that trust factor that is whether we're in the desert or we're, you know, you know, stepping out on the waves and we don't know if we're going to sink. We're just kind of stepping out there and trusting, hey, have you got this God? And yes, he's got it. So I really, I love how, I feel like he brought the, the beauty, but also the, um, the contrast in there that, that life is a struggle. You know, it's real. This is real, the stuff that we're going through. Um, I mean, the last few years have been like, I've watched people drop like flies, <laughs> meaning they're going mm. through just the, the hardest times that they've ever gone through. And in those times, we just get this like strength, you know, in our weakness, he's strong. So it's, it's I think it really represents that. I don't know. What do you think, Joey? Yeah, no, I, I, I think I think you're correct in that. I mean, there's a lot of you know interpretations. I really like that. Um, you know, it it almost looks like it just uh, looks cool, it, and it looks really cool. I I gotta say that yeah. that the coolness of it in general is actually what drew me. But um, you can also see that she is above the what could be interpreted as water, but it also kind of looks like it's fiery, and that going again tying into the symphonic metal the metal portion of it could be actually the fire and the symphony part of it is actually this person rising above it and still moving into the mm. light or into a, a something not seen yet but going in a positive direction. well that's what i love about art is that you know the the person who's viewing it or listening to it gets to interpret it for themselves you know, it just kind of speaks to them in mm -hmm. that moment where they're mm -hmm. at 
and you get more revelation as you go. You're kind of like learning, you know. It's the human spirit. It's and, beautiful. And God is the ultimate artist. And when yeah, you express exactly. that creativity, you're you're getting in touch with the divine. For me, uh, Dan, I think <laughs> it's this way for you. When we do a podcast, this is a form of art that we do. And every time we walk out of here, we feel like we've been touched by the Lord. And with what you guys are saying, I'm getting ministered to by all the things that you're saying. It's really helping put some context into some things that I've been wondering about for several years. And I'm getting encouraged, especially about that faith and trust, because I'm getting ready to do some leaps and bounds myself in the next couple months where it's going to take a lot of trust, not in my flesh, but in what God can do and things that are going on in my own life. And just hearing that and the art, it people can be ministered to by looking at a picture. They can be ministered to by reading a book. Yes. They can be ministered to by listening to a song. They can be ministered to by listening, hopefully, to the Get Real podcast. I hope in in, in some ways, you know. And it's true, you know, when you put art up online, Dan and I, we got started to get more listens when we took our pictures down off of the oh, yeah. uh, artwork. I'm only kidding. We <laughs> but that's one of the things that we I do over here is that when we do a podcast, I listen for the texture and the context of the podcast, what we're talking about, the tone of it, and base the thumbnail art off of what we're doing. And some of the times it's kind of scary looking because we're talking about scary things. Some of the times it's a little bit softer. Some of the time, a lot of times it's mystical because you just can't get away from the fact that God is mystical. There's there's no way way around that. I wanna say something about just um, symphonic metal. And when I look at it kind of to get more of an outside perspective, like I used to listen to a lot of punk and thrash and all kind of skater music, you know, growing up and everything. And I liked, uh, you know, a lot of classic rock and everything. But sometimes to me, I'm not a metal head of knowing like all the different genres. And there's a lot of different metals genre. When you start rattling them off, sometimes it's almost tedious. I'm like, I don't even, what is that? I don't know the difference. But there's something very organic about symphonic metal. I, I, I sit there and think, what if a, classical musician one of the greats that you would have sitting on your your piano right <laughs> if, if if they heard symphonic metal i think it's it's a really organic progression there is something there um in the sense that the clarity of utilizing usually female vocals above all the mid-range above all the other frequencies it's just shimmering right there on top of it there's uh It's a broader dynamic as far as emotion. For example, I'm sure that, uh, like you mentioned, Handel, Handel's Mm -hmm. Messiah. I'm sure, you know, the preferences of kings or whoever was financing it or, you know, he had to to do what he did, but God moved on that. Metal is kind of like this freedom that it can go from primal, from a a scream, all the way to the other side of bordering the ethereal. It's just got such a broad... Uh, emotional frequency. It's kind of amazing. And I think it's organic. Like when I sit there, I'm thinking about the way that we keep using symphonic metal, symphonic metal, and it makes it sound like it's this specific thing and not necessarily, I'm kind of giving an outsider's perspective because I was new to symphonic, I I was new to symphonic metal with Glenn was like, man, you got to check out Nightwish. And then I was like, whoa, I loved all the different components. I like opera. I like Celtic. I like all these different things to hear them all put together. And I said, what would Beethoven do 
at this concert. <laughs> WWBD. What, what would Bach? What, I mean, yeah, that's a new bumper <laughs> yeah, sticker. Yeah. But what would they do? And I think they would be like, wow, this is louder. It's electronic. It's more powerful. But I think it would excite their senses in an organic way and not be some... Yeah a front that was kind of just an artificial evolution of you're listening to something very strange. I think it's a, a beautiful organic art form in that. Dan, I appreciate that view. I really do because if you listen to symphonic metal, it's almost in a way to me a return to classical. We're kind of yes. regressing going backwards yeah. or should I say a restoration of classical. There you go. I believe it's a restoration because when I listen yeah. to it, like Ghost River from Nightwish, mm -hmm. that's an opera song. Right. They're an opera. They're yes. going back and forth. They're conversing with each other. And then it gets crunchy. Yes. And then it goes and back the, to the. Oh, you it's, know. it's 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 that whole frequency is broader. Yes. It's every, it can go from primal deathbed scream or, or, or yeah. all the way to <laughs> to to the whisper of something very passionate and all yeah. and it yeah. fits and i'm like that's amazing and i don't think yeah. that in any other time in history that's been people. there yeah most people like it, really it speaks to people yeah because it's it's so human to feel both of those things yeah. and, and to feel them even within the same yeah. day perhaps you yeah. never know what happens or hits people to, yes, yeah. and to kind of like tie back to what I said you know, probably about a half an hour ago about the symphonic part of it is actually being God. And I sometimes close my eyes and think about, um, you know, the, the cherubim and the seraphim that are around mm -hmm. the throne of God. Yes. They, are they, you know, are they going to be playing yeah. down-tuned guitars? Personally, I don't think so. <laughs> what you will be hearing is very angelic. I don't even call it female, but it, the you yeah. know the is going to be closer to a symphonic yeah. type of a song hmm. or yeah. type of a, a movement. But the metal portion of it is the reminder of who we are and where we are on this earth and our humanity. And it's like again, it's it's a blend of understanding where we're going, where we want to go, yeah. and that God is there in this music trying to pull us out from the the metal portion of it. Yeah. Wow. If you think about Revelation 4, it's talking about the throne room of heaven. And in that, there are there's it says there's thousands upon thousands upon 10,000 angels surrounding the throne singing. And then you've got the 24 elders, and they're bowing down and throwing down their crowns and going, holy, holy. Right. And then there's, you know, the 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 cherubim that are just like crazy looking. I mean, this could be yeah. like an album cover. Oh, yeah. yeah. Metal. Then you have the peals of thunder. And to me, there's lightning and there's peals of right. thunder. I mean, it is just epic. Yes. You just, I and mean, then there's a sea of glass. I mean, you, right. you just can't go any bigger than that. I, mean, I want to go there crazy. now. I want to go now. And that's now. a rock concert right there. It, it exactly. is. And not genre knocking. But that sounds more like symphonic metal than Southern gospel. It does all day long, it you does. know. And yeah. it's like I mean, it's just fire and and yes. and yes. I, I mean, it's everything all put know, together. There's a big, huge emerald rainbow. I mean, true. it's crazy. It, I think it's also a reminder that we as people are not asked to be passive. We're asked to be we're, we're asked to be very active in our in our Christian yes. faith. I, I also kind of like the. Um, uh, St. Michael, I mean, he, he's got the shield, he's got a sword, he battles all the time, you know, in the heat of the battle is very metal-like, you know, mm -hmm. there isn't anything really, you know, sexy about, you know, getting yeah. slain by a, uh, by a sword, 
But <laughs> well, I love that we're called to be warriors. You know, right. we're called to be more than conquerors and warriors. And this picture of a soldier, um, you know, because life is a battle. It's just not always easy, and it's not right. always easy. Also, in this world, to keep your faith and, um, you know, within those struggles, because some of it is is so so much of um, feeling and um, just just really there's times like you you were talking about Glenn about that time of the the dark night of the soul that you had where you're in that desert time and God is really pruning you mm -hmm. and you can't feel him and I remember hearing this sermon about um, the Song of Songs the Song of Solomon where um, there's a part where the beloved the bride that um, she's he's pulled away from her the groom has pulled away from her and that's there are times in our lives where God pulls away because he wants us to go deeper with him we get we get you know really settled with everything and we're just kind of like hey status quo I'm good I don't want to grow anymore I'm happy and he's like no I've got more for you it might hurt a little bit at the beginning or it might stretch you and that feels like painful but it's actually yeah. gonna take you to a deeper place with me and that's just like marriage and all of it I mean that is life yeah I mean God is I love this I love that God is so passionate and he there's there's even scripture that talks about him singing and dancing over us I mean picture that I don't know what that looks like but that's <laughs> yeah. how much he he loves us there's so so much so much we don't know and exactly. so much that's just a good crunchy podcast this is crunch this is this is crunchified there's a lot of meat up in here <laughs> yeah this is crunchified <laughs> You guys have another song that I want to share with our listeners. It's called Straight Ahead. Can you tell us about that one a little bit? Um, Alicia, you want to take that one? <laughs> well, Straight Ahead, yeah. Straight Ahead is talking about the road being difficult at times. You know, just talking about how this, so we're predestined when we're called by the Lord. We're predestined, which is a mystery in itself. It's like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? And so... It's basically just that struggle, the actual struggle of um, keeping our eyes on God. And I tried to change the path to rearrange my future to start a brand new day. But like a jilted love, it sought me. So that God is, you know, going to, he's going to keep seeking after us. And it says that we could even go down to the depths of the ocean and he would still find us, hmm. right? <laughs> Can't hide. So, yeah, you know, like Job underneath or um <laughs> Oh no, the palm tree. Yeah, Jonah. the palm tree. <laughs> Jonah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Going underneath going underneath um the palm tree and he's like he's God's like, No, I got you, I'm gonna swallow you up and um I'll take you for a little ride in this fish's belly, you know, and Something that's been stirring in me in the past couple of days, and this might be something that you're hitting on in this song, is because of God's grace. It's so sufficient. We don't realize the sufficiency of it. We can make a wrong decision because we always get caught up. Oh, what's the perfect will of God? And it's so difficult right. to discern that sometimes. But his grace is so great that it's almost self-correcting in a lot of ways. We can start going one way. And then all of a sudden, because he's so good, he'll start making and arranging the circumstances to get us right back on track yes. again. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. I love that he chases us. 
you know, that's crazy. He chases us, and we're we're learning to trust. Uh, my husband and I are learning to trust him more. But that's um, there's a line in uh, Straight Ahead that says it's the operatic part that says we are familiar like lovers entwined. No, right. And you know, well. I in in scripture it really compares marriage to our relationship with God. You know, the we are the bride of Christ and. Lovers entwined. They're not just lovers that are, you know, intimate with each other, but they're entwined. <laughs> I mean, you cannot separate these two. And even if you physically separate them, they're still entwined emotionally. Yeah. I mean, it's just that's it's, the it's that's just the, that close. Yeah, that's the intertwining and becoming one flesh that we see yes, in human. Exactly. That's supposed exactly. to occur.
you know about about the song as as we were going to you know put put the songs together and we would often come with new ideas and Alicia would come up with um, uh, a few vocal melody lines and a few things that would catch my attention and I did the initial mixing so I would take some of her ideas and I would add it in I'd cut and paste and rearrange things and it's been it's been great working with her because. She and I have this musical connection. It's, all, it's like we kind of know where the song is going to eventually go to. We don't know exactly what it's going to be like, um, but we know what's good when we kind of hear it. And I, I kind of go along with that. And, and, you know, adding these bridges and adding these little hooks, and sometimes I hear it come with an idea and that I think is good, and I add it in or, or cut it out. And it's, it's a struggle in and itself of actually making the song, but in its finale, it becomes all beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I feel like with any art form, you have to actually love the process. Yeah. I mean, it's not just the finished product and now we're singing it. It's it's the process of creating that together and, um, yeah. you know, all that's coming. And then when you partner with someone, I mean, that's just incredible to me is, you know, they say like a three-chord strand cannot be broken. So it's it's that once again it's that symphonic thing that we're asked to partner with each other we're asked to partner with god that i like the process great. joey's fun he's fun to work with but he's a taskmaster is he is he a slave driver is he like alicia get back no, to work no, no, <laughs> where are no. my lyrics no he's sweet you can tell joey is awesome i i actually love working with joey and it's um it's just really meant to be uh, I just really feel like this was ordained. But he, he actually is good for me because I'm ADHD, you know. <laughs> and, you know, he helps me to, he helps to keep the ball rolling. Is he the linear one? Going in a direction. Is Joey What's the that? linear one? Joey, you're the linear guy yes. that just bulldozes oh. right through. Yes. Dude, Glenn, you know that. We were separated at birth, brother. <laughs> that is proof right there. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's getting the job done. ADHD over here and uh, yeah. the yeah, dozer yeah, over here on my left. I, I've called Glenn. I was like, Glenn, you're a dozer. How many years have I been sitting yeah. there going? 20. He, he's like, I, we're going to have this out on April the 3rd. And you're like, and it, it'll happen. If it was up to me, I'd be like, Oh, I think we have a yeah, podcast yeah. interview exactly. with somebody in Ireland. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, forgot the time change. <laughs> Man, having you guys on today has been an absolute blast. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot of resonance over here. Dan and I are like kind of, you know, wanting to high five each other and, you know, punch each other in the in the shoulder. This has been beautiful. So what we're going to do is for the month of March which happens to be the month of my birthday. I'm going to be a little self-indulgent and we are going Aww, to make uh, okay. yeah, thank you. Okay. And, and you know what? A little known, get real fact. Dan's birthday is the day before mine yeah. when it's not no, a leap year. Yeah. I know. I know. So I think we were all separated. <laughs> yeah, we were all separated at birth. Now, Dan, did you play the trombone? Did not. Okay. My Aww. sister did, so I messed around with it. <laughs> I thought the little spit thing was pretty cool. Hey, Lisa, you want to you sing happy birthday to them? Uh, <laughs> happy birthday. Happy birthday. I could sound like a Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> or it could sound like, I don't know, like Bart Simpson. Or <laughs> happy birthday to you. Oh, you do that so well. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Come on with my voice, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would have to do a character voice at this moment. I don't really have my own voice. So for the month of March, you guys 
Amorous are our prophetic artists of the month. So for our listeners, they'll be able to go to our website at lithoscry, L-I-T-H-O-S-C-R-Y.com and read about you guys and find out more about you. And we're going to put links up to your music. What are some other ways that our listeners can find out about you? Where can they find your music and even purchase your music? Uh, There's a number of platforms. Um, Probably the, uh, what I normally tell people, the quickest one to do is actually go to the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com. Uh, slash the band Amorous, and we have our videos and songs there. You can also go to a YouTube channel, Band Amorous, to find that website. To go, excuse me, to find the channel when you go into the YouTube, it's better if you don't put the space between uh, Band and Amorous for some reason. It's quicker to, to get that. You can also find it on Spotify and um, Google Music. I think has it as well. Um, Apple Music and all the the main music uh, platforms. Yeah, and all my stuff uh, is also linked to Amorous. I have uh, Alicia at Amorous Band on Facebook, and then um, I have my website, my personal website that is Alicia Trowbridge Boyd, so T-R-O-W-B-R-I-D-G-E, Boyd, B-O-Y-D. And it's got all of our music on there. Thank you so much for being on. Yes. Joey, we're going to be back with you in just a minute. We're going to talk about some of the divine things that we're seeing in this new release, Apocalypse and Chill from Delane. So we will be back (laughs) momentarily. All right. Thank you you so much. Thank you. Get real. We'll be soon back. (laughs) 